0: Hi there, Behind the Bits Buddies. This episode is a change of pace, so I thought I'd explain it. Joel Byers was a previous guest on the podcast, and we kept in touch. Joel does comedy coaching, and what you're about to hear are his thoughts on my last eight-minute act, as well as some thoughts on writing and future bits for the act. Joel has a great eye for comedy performance and gives good feedback that I could act on. After this session, I highly recommend recording your sets and getting feedback from other comics. So here it is, the comedy coaching session with Joel Byers.
1: Welcome to the Behind the Bits podcast. Your host, Scott Curtis, wants to learn everything he can about stand-up comedy and take you along for the ride scott and his guests talk serious about comedy in every episode behind the bits will uncover knowledge from different perspectives on subjects such as writing and performing stand-up comedy as well as booking shows and the comedy life if you're thinking about becoming a stand-up comic already in the comic game or a comedy nerd behind the bits is the show for you now let's get behind the bits All right, we're live! Yay! Hey, Joel, Scott, it's a pleasure to be back, my friend.
0: Yes, we we're talking a lot these days. This is great.
1: Yeah, I'm a fan. I love I love your hustle, man. Yeah, I love it. Right back at you, right back at you. So we're
0: going to kind of call this an episode of Behind the Bits. We're streaming live on the Behind the Bits page and my little Michiana comedy scene page. But uh, what this is all set up to be is a coaching session. We've been talking a lot about stand-up comedy, and uh, I've asked to bounce a few ideas off of you, and I thought it would be a good idea. You've done some live coaching, and I got a lot Mm -hmm. out of it when you've done it with other people, I thought it would be a good idea to um, just bare my soul and put my stuff out there and have you help me. Um, <laughs> well, I'm not a therapist, Scott. I yeah. only help with jokes. I don't
1: you to talk to your wife yeah. about that.
0: Yeah. You, you, <laughs> you can just help with the jokes. Uh, my goal out of this is to um, first of all, make the set I show you better. And then also, um, I've got some ideas to lengthen it, so I want to take that. It's about an eight-minute set. I want to take that to fifteen. So that's that's really what what I hope to get out of this is some guidance on that, uh, just to okay. give everybody and you a little bit of feedback or a little bit of background. I've been I'm fifty-five. I started doing stand-up when I was fifty, and I've been serious about it for pretty much the last six months uh, so I was just playing around before that and then I did this comedy contest up in Grand Rapids and that's when I got really serious about it and really uh, was fine tuning my bits and stuff like that so I'm, I am I really feel like if I add everything before that six months on there maybe I'm at a year so that's, mm. that's pretty much where I stand is being serious about it and it's kind of a bummer I did that right before the uh, quarantine went into effect and haven't been able to do anything since then but uh, hopefully I, I can
1: uh, get back out there and do it hopefully it was interesting to hear I did a um, you know I, in uh, in my Facebook group I did a, a live Q A with Mark Norman and one of the questions was yeah. do you think this uh, pandemic will like wipe out a lot of newer comics who maybe aren't as committed as they thought they were so it'll be interesting to see like after this who's really willing to stick it out
0: yeah yeah it's uh it, it may call the herd a little and, and folks if you don't know about uh the hot breath podcast and joel's uh hot breath uh it's hot breath comedy network right
1: Yes, that is the Facebook group. Yeah. Yes. Hot breath uh, comedy I mean, network.
0: you are just you're killing it with the Q and As. You've had Mark Norman. Uh, was it yesterday? You had Nate Bargatze. Yeah. And, Nate Bargatze
1: was yesterday. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And um, who, who was after Nate? I for, I
1: forget his name. Uh, Mike Vecchione. Yeah, Mike. Who Vecchione. If, if yeah. yeah, if you're in the comedy world, I mean, Nate was even saying at the end of his, they're good friends, but he's one of the best joke writers in the game. Yeah. And that Q and A is like if you're looking for like specific writing tips, he like breaks down his jokes and how he adds different angles to them. And he's like, he's one of a uh, David tells favorites because yeah. of his like writing ability. He's a master.
0: That's cool. I tuned in for Nate yeah. and then I had uh, actual work to do. So I, uh, I'll watch, I'll watch uh, the Vicky own after that.
1: <laughs> yeah. And they're both on our uh, YouTube page now also. So yeah. hot breath uh pod on youtube as well i put all the q a's up there with a bunch of other cool content
0: right yeah you're just killing it with the the q a's i've really enjoyed those are very very good
1: scott it's all for you know it's for comics by comics that's the whole show so yeah. i'm glad hearing that from a comic is reassuring that the work is worth it yeah it's good stuff
0: okay let's jump into it um i'm gonna go ahead and play the video that i sent you um and i'm gonna do it all the way through once, and then maybe we'll come back to it. And then uh, just want to hear your your opinion: what was good, what could be better, and all that. So let's let's just cue it up and.
2: Scott Curtis, Scott Curtis!
0: Thank you all for coming out. You're a great looking crowd. Let's talk about me now. My name's Scott Curtis. I'm 55 years old. I started doing stand up comedy when I was 50. Um, that's because I'm the latest bloomer in the world I needed the jaws of life to open up that bloom and start doing stand-up comedy everything puberty all that it was all late bloom um, the only thing that I really did well as far as blooming early was in the area of love um, I've been with my boo for 37 years now. And uh, i got to tell you, I'm not just with her. We're in love, and we are in love AF, folks. <laughs> Always and forever. <laughs> now, I'm not bragging about this stuff. I'm amazed. Um, I wake up every morning, and I see her, and I'm like, Oh, God, you're still here. Thank you. I would have left myself 37 years ago if I could have. We do a lot of stuff together, um, and that's kind of what keeps us together. Uh, we joined a gym last year together. Um, we joined Planet Fitness. Have you heard of Planet Fitness? Um, I really liked it. It's the first gym I have belonged to, and I was really enjoying myself, and then I found out it was a gateway gym. Um, I'm minding my own business on the elliptical, and this guy comes up and says, you're really enjoying those endorphins, aren't you?"
2: like,
0: yeah. <laughs> Why don't you come over to my CrossFit gym, and I'll get you 10 times those endorphins. I took them up on the offer, next week I went to the CrossFit gym, and I absolutely loved it. Everybody was very helpful. They showed me how to flip the tire. They put me on a meal plan, and I was just having a lot of fun. But right after that, I started stealing copper from construction sites and donating to keep the dude's up a drug
2: metaphor.
0: (laughs) Being together as long as we've been, um, I hate to tell you this, but there's haters. Um, People don't like seeing people together this long. And one of the things people tell us is, I don't know how you guys have stayed together so long. You have nothing in common. And... um, I think that's a crock of baloney. I'm sorry for my language. Um, we've got a lot of stuff in common. Um, for one thing, like other people's kids, we don't like them. We raised our own, we're not gonna babysit yours. Um, human trafficking, we're against it. Had you on the edge of your seats. Um, I'm so confident about us being against human trafficking. If somebody pulls me aside tonight and says, hey, let's get into this human trafficking scheme, I don't have to say, let me ask my wife, because I know it's going to be a hard no for both of us. i, I got to say, the worst thing that's ever been said to me, though, is a guy I work with, he's kind of a playa. Um, that means you get with a lot of different ladies if I know the terminology. Um, he said, uh, so you still uh, having sex with your wife of 37 years? And I'm like, yeah. And he says, wow, doesn't that get really pedestrian? And I'm like, oh, I'm not going to even answer that. Because I don't have a room full of about 100 people, so I'll tell all you guys. um, When you have sex with the same person for 37 years, you get really good at it. She knows what I like, I know what she likes. The erogenous zones, all right there, even in the dark. And you would think that we don't try new stuff. Golly, folks, we do try new stuff.
1: Golly. We're
0: a over 50. We're a little broken down, so I have to whiteboard it.
1: <laughs>
0: Honey, I'm pretty sure we're going to both enjoy this. I'm going to put that pillow behind my back for the sciatica, because I really want the lower half of my body to work. And I'm a little worried about your knee, but I think if we do this move, we'll be fine. <laughs> Safe word is still stopping.
2: <laughs>
0: we had a little bit of uh, we had a little bit of a uh, uh, conflict uh, when we first started dating because I was kind of a bad boy, um, smoked a lot of pot, um, and. Uh, My uh, bae asked me to stop smoking pot, and I don't want you to think she's a prude because I smoked pot, I did other drugs, felony crime, I was into all that stuff, and I just walked away from it for love. Now recently though, because pot's become a little bit more mainstream, she said, uh, uh, honey, if you want to start smoking pot, go right ahead. And um, I've been on the game a long time. <laughs> you potheads, this is a golden age for you, isn't it? <laughs> but it's a problem for me because I don't like to make choices. And boy, do you have choices now. <laughs> you got the hybrids, you can smoke it, you can eat it, you can get patches, you can vape it, you can do all the stuff with it. And um, i got to tell you, I stopped eating Oreo cookies when they had more than one flavor. So, I, I'm not going to get into it, when I stopped smoking pot, there was two varieties, mostly seeds and mostly stems, both of them gave you a headache, there was one type of Oreo, it was called Oreo, that's the only one you need. Um, being the age I am, I got to tell you, a lot of you folks are younger, we don't like to be guests at an age older than we are. Um, and. Just last week, I went to a Speedway gas station, and the cashier said, Hey, you look like an older Harrison Ford. Um, I uh, felt pretty good about that because he's a good-looking guy, Um, famous actor. Uh, Went up to my car and just Googled him for the heck of it, and it uh, turns out he's 77. (laughs) And I'm 55. (laughs) I was mad. I went back into that Speedway gas station, and I said, Young Lady what's your point of reference? She was like, what? And uh, I said, uh, what's the last Harrison Ford movie you've seen? And she said, uh, Call of the Wild. (laughs) Oh, yeah, the one with the fake dog. Well, thank you. I'm going to have to moisturize a lot more. (laughs) Thank you, folks. I'm Scott
1: Curtis. Yeah. All right. Look at at him go pre-mustache Scott. Yeah, I just had a little bit of a beard
0: going there. Yeah, that was uh, so. That was uh, I think it was February something twenty eighth, something like that. Uh, anyway, mm-hmm. it was a, it was a Wednesday night up in Grand Rapids, and that's uh, so. I gotta say that is probably the best I've ever done. So the best set great I've ever done, and. Um, I'm saying that because uh, my wife told me that, and uh, people came up to me afterwards and said I was great and and all that kind of stuff. So I felt really good. And good. then I watched it and I saw all the stuff I did wrong. So <laughs> it was it was it was tough.
1: <laughs> nah, no, appreciate the victories. Yeah. Appreciate yeah. the victories. Oh, I
0: did, I, I, and I have. I talked about it a lot. I made my kids watch it and all that kind of stuff. So. <laughs>
1: And you're not alone in that. At every level, like comedians, when we watch ourselves, we're going—we're only going to see the things that went wrong. It's kind of like when you're in a room and you're killing, and everyone's laughing, but one person on the front row—it's mm-hmm. like—it's like that, and it's at every level. Louis C.K. tells a story about being in Madison Square Garden and only seeing the people that weren't laughing. So, yeah, yeah we all—I think that's part of being a comedian—is you—you learn to only see what's bad. But yeah. It's a it's a good habit to focus on what's working and what's good. And you did a lot of good things there. So you should definitely be proud of that, especially so early on in comedy. It was very impressive. Thank you. So do you um you want me to kinda give it my breakdown? Is that what you're looking for here? Is like you're looking for um advice on jokes or like stage or just kind of overall? What do, I, what do you I would want, say overall, Scott? Um jokes, stage
0: presence. <laughs> yeah. But- <laughs> The whole thing. Um, I mean on, on that, you know, um, my personal feeling is my opener wasn't strong enough. Uh, and my closer probably wasn't strong enough. Uh, so both of those, uh, should have been either somewhere in the act or not there at all. That, you know, that's my personal feeling, but, uh, the middle, (laughs) the middle was the best part.
1: Yeah. And that, that's like a rule of thumb, In terms of like, you want to open with a laugh and you want to end with a laugh, you Mm. know, and typically you want to end with your biggest laugh, but the goal is to open up with and get a laugh within 15 to 20 seconds Mm. is a good goal to have, you know, especially on like, like shows like that. That was at a comedy club. You know, I mean, you're doing a set. You're not really like working out stuff. You're more like, here's me at a comedy club doing a set. So you definitely want to make it a goal to get a laugh within like 15, 20 seconds at the most, because one, that gets the audience on your side. So they then believe in you and are like, oh, this guy is going to be funny. Mm. But more importantly, it gets your confidence up. So the quicker you get a laugh, the quicker you're comfortable. And the quicker you're going to get more confident as well of like, oh, okay, this is going to be a good show. I, I, I was able to hit them up top. And a good thing right. to do, especially early, young comics, is and this was a advice I got super early on is that young comics forget to breathe on stage. Uh We're just, just going, okay, what's next? What's next? What's next? You're not even like listening to the audience. You're literally just like, okay, what's the next word? What's the next line? What's the next joke type deal? So I think when you opened up, you like, were talking as you're moving the mic stand, I believe. Yes. I remember. Yeah. So like you just went up there and we're just like, all right, here we go. We're talking and Mm -hmm. like, we're starting, but it's, they're on your time in that sense. Like really take a beat when you get on stage. Like what I, what I would do early on, some open mics, I would just work on breathing. There were some like, like the rough open mics when it's a bar at 11 o'clock on a Monday and it's like all comics. There were some shows, my entire goal of that set was to just focus on breathing. And I would actually say a joke and audibly take a breath and then go on to the next joke. Like And that's just how I was able to find more comfort in silence and confidence in just breathing on stage was literally just exercising the muscle of breathing on stage. And a big thing young comics do is they rush into that first joke. But it's cool. Just take your time. If you move the mic, say, go ahead and move the mic stand. Come back, take a breath, and then go into it. There's a confidence to not being rushed up there. There's a confidence to taking your time and letting the audience come to you in that Mm. sense. Now, it's a skill as well. That's not something you're hearing this and are just going to be like, Oh, of course, I just need to breathe. It's something that you acquire over time, but being aware of it so early into your career, like you is going to help you progress that much faster. So I think that's another reason the joke didn't land that hard is because it was like, You were doing it all in motion. You know what I mean? Like it was just like, hey, here's a joke, by the way. There's the mic stand, and I'm just going to keep going. It's like Uh just take your time and deliver that first joke on your own time with your own confidence, and it'll land. Just make sure it lands within that 15 or 20 seconds. Right, right. Mm Mm-hmm. I also feel like
0: I've watched it back a few times and I feel like I also with the breathing thing, I feel like I stepped on some laughs too. I, Mm -hmm. I powered through when I should have just let the laugh happen.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's very common. And that's, that's something you're definitely not alone. in. it's something I have to be mindful of as well is letting the audience have their side of the conversation because it is, it's not a monologue. It is a dialogue. Right. So the audience is their laughter is their response to what you said so you want to give them time to actually respond and have say their piece or otherwise you do step on the laugh like you said mm-hmm. and then it makes them less comfortable to laugh because they're afraid they're just going to get interrupted again in this. Mm-hmm. So there's a certain rhythm and a timing that comes with confidence and stage time really like right. Like I talked about, we just rush when we're early on and we're just worried about the next line and the next line. Well, once you get past that, then you can start to listen to the audience and realize how they're responding, what they're responding to, and you can start to kind of dial in your timing based on how they're responding. Mm -hmm. But it is, there are moments though. There are moments in this, like specifically like when you take those pauses, like you did with, um, we don't like, um, we don't like other people's uh we don't like other people's kids like and you, you took a pause there and mm-hmm. um the human trafficking we're against it you know like there's there's power in a pause especially before you deliver a punchline like you did in those two instances mm-hmm. and i think that when you you're almost like building up human trafficking is really the best example to where you do like build them up let them sit in that silence and then hit them with the punchline mm-hmm. I think there's so, I think there's way more opportunity for you to use that, that uh, it's a little trick in comedy where you just pause and then deliver the punchline and it just gets that much bigger of a laugh because right. you're building that tension.
0: Yeah. I actually forgot a tag in that joke. Um, there's one after human trafficking and that one landed so well that I thought I had already done the, the last tag.
1: Hilarious.
0: <laughs> yeah. And what's the, what's the tag? Um, so the third the third thing we have in common is we don't front. So I I just I just say yeah we it, it's it's the whole youth thing. I say you know I don't front. So cool. She don't front. Uh, we don't know what that means, but we don't
1: do it. So that 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 one usually lands pretty well. And that's that was my favorite when I when I was watching this is like I was laughing the most at like the quirk the quirkiness the your personality I think really. Came through when you were like saying things like a crock a baloney. Sorry for the language, or you called the guy a playa, uh-huh. or you said golly, folks, like um, the calling her boo and bay and love af and all that. I think there's there's room for you to really expand and really double down on those sayings and the the youthfulness you were kind of sprinkling in there. Mm-hmm. I think that can become like a really a big attribute of who you are as a comedian you being this like older white guy but using like younger references but then also mixing it with older references like baloney and the golly folks like and it seems like it seemed like you were having fun doing those also it seemed like you did you kind of like being playful in that sense on stage yeah i
0: i really enjoy that and and people that uh i've done open mics with they say when i throw in the young lingo they they say it d- just cracks them up so that you know that's definitely there to stay
1: yeah and that's uh, that's something mark norman talked about in his q a did you did you watch that one by the way yeah i no no pressure one. yeah it's no it's no pressure at all but i'm just i'm just um he talked about like he has such a unique voice and he was and uh, he got asked about like how he found his voice and a lot of it was him doing things on stage and then people telling him afterwards like it's funny how you said that or it's it's that was funny like mm. himless, people telling him what about him was funny helped him find his voice right. so it's it's reassuring that that's organically within your voice that you do these youthful kind of quirks and quips and things like that it's very mm. funny
0: yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, it's my favorite thing to do. And my favorite thing to write is to do that kind of stuff and, oh, that's and great. make me, make me look like a guy who's trying to be cool. And then, and then go right back into my 55 year old, uh, old golly and crocodile yeah. stuff. So, yeah.
1: And I think it would only play more to like the, you talking about like the old weed, new weed situation, like, mm-hmm. because I mean, that's, that's, weed is clearly a topic that's been done before and all that, but I, and just, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with you talking about it because Mm. I mean, I'm, I'm married. I have marriage jokes. Wow. That's groundbreaking. But how do I make my marriage jokes different as I make them unique to me and from my unique point of view and from my unique personal experience, that's how I make a marriage joke, a Joel Byers joke. Mm. So I think the same thing with you, like a lot of people talk about weed or whatever. And some people could be like, Oh, this new weed versus the old weed. But I think you doing it through your own personal experience with it, and using those kind of phrases like the AFs and the golly g's and whatever else you can think of, mm-hmm. interlacing it into like the old and new weed. I think will give that joke a little more uh, punch as well. Right. Um, I think I think what would be a good writing exercise for you, and you can start using it as a reference, is just brainstorm. Just fill up a page of all the different like youth or Google them, even just mm-hmm. all the youth terms and all like the old fashioned terms, like if people just say boss and things like that. Yeah. You know, it's like, right. I think you just creating almost like a reference page for you to then come back and be like, you're writing a joke and you're like, oh, I wonder what lingo I could throw in here. Then you'll have this document as a reference to be like, oh, I could plug in these three things here. Mm. I think that'd be a great place to start to start embracing it more.
0: That's a fantastic idea because I, what I do is I either use ones that I already know that I've heard other people say and had to look up most of the time. um, Or I look for a specific one for a specific bit. So having that glossary would really, really help things. Yeah,
1: I think so. Yeah. A glossary is a great, yeah. Great way to put it. That'll save you a bunch of time too doing it all at once and just having it as a reference. Right. So if we're going to keep moving in it, first off, I liked your I liked your segues too. I mean, um, you, you, like the set flowed very well. It wasn't jarring in terms of like you were kind of on one topic and then the other. It all kind of flowed in like the early bloomer, but I bloomed early in uh, love. Like you, the set flowed, which is great, man. I mean, segues are so powerful and they come more naturally to some than others. But I mean, you have a natural ability to weave things in and out and make it all conversational. So mm-hmm. that's a, that's a big strength. I didn't, if you want feedback on the stage presence, I mean, for how early you are in the game, I mean, I thought it was good. You know, I'm, you're not nervously pacing back and forth. You, mm-hmm. you weren't even like waddling or whatever. Like sometimes you'll just see people up there playing with the mic cord or whatever, you know? Yeah. Um, I mean, there's little, sometimes you'd have your hand behind you mm-hmm. just out of like, it's, it's, I mean, we all do it too. it. And you don't really know it until you go back and watch your sets for a long time. I used to, I would, um, I would play with my jacket a lot, or mm. I went through a phase where, like, I just had my wrist like on my hip, and I would just be talking, and then my 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 wrist would almost be like glued to my hip, and I would just move like that, and I uh. I, I never knew it until I watched my set, right? But watching from your stage presence, I mean, I I thought for where you're at, I thought it was great. You know, I'm I usually unless there's like um, blaring things I I see comedians doing, I, I usually leave the stage presence to just the organic evolution of how they will become on stage just uh. through repetition, you know, but if people leave the mic stand in front of them between them and the audience, that's a simple thing you can do on stage, not pacing, kind of planting your feet and just delivering the jokes and things like that Right, are things people can avoid. But at, for what you did i mean what you were doing was natural to you in that moment nothing came off as distracting from the material if mm-hmm. that helps so okay thank you i think you're ahead of the game in that
0: i feel like after watching that and some of my other sets that i do want to experiment with just leaving the mic in the stand because i'm pretty expressive with my with my arm motions and stuff like that and i mm-hmm. think if i get both of them into it it might help the punch it might you know um I'm kind of a I'm a big guy I'm I, you know I'm six five we, we we've never been around each Jeez. other so I'm a big yeah. guy uh, and you know big shoulders big head you know the whole <laughs> thing so I can be pretty scary looking up there um kind of like I look now with a stupid mustache and self-done haircut uh but <laughs> but it seems like when I get when I start acting things out and I get my arm motion into it and and arms legs everything uh, neck the whole the whole thing mm-hmm. it seems to bring people in more so I think I feel like I should experiment with keeping the mic in the stand so I can use all of my body.
1: Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I've 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 gone through phases with that as well where if I thought I was pacing too much, I'll do sets where I just keep the mic in the stand. And it can be uncomfortable at first, but you adapt Mm -hmm. and you learn a new skill set of just standing and delivering. Um, Dane Cook did that. Mm -hmm. Dane Cook uh, was known to be super big and exaggerating on stage. But before his recent tour, he said he spent a year with just the mic in the stand and just challenging himself to hone the skill of standing and delivering. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ali Sadiq said on Hot Breath, he because he sits down now, but he said it was like a natural evolution to where it started with him focusing on like standing still. And then it focused on him standing with the mic in the stand and then it focused on him sitting down. But he did one for like a year. He's like, mm-hmm. I spent a year just honing each of those skills. So it, it takes time. But I think, yeah, if you make it your goal and I mentioned me and my sets, I'll like have a goal for each set like we were talking about breathing and I was like, okay, uh-huh. I created, my goal for that set was to just breathe. So some sets, I have a goal like that where it's like, okay, I want to just focus on breathing this set or uh-huh. I want to focus on this one act out. And if I do, if I can just commit to this act out, then the sets a success, regardless of everything bombs. If I hit that act out, it's a success. If I try this one new tag, maybe that's my goal. Like mm. a lot of times we try, we're like, okay, this set, I want to try this, 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 and this. We end up, we, we try everything. We want to try everything and end up doing nothing type of deal. Mm. But we're on stage so much. It's like, take it one bite at a time. Take it one step at a time, one goal at a time. If, if, if you wrote five jokes, make it your goal, pick your favorite one. And make it your goal to at least hit that joke. Mm-hmm. You may hit the others. You may forget them and remember them right when you get off stage and then you hate yourself like we all do. Uh-huh. Or, it's, or it's just remember that one joke and then anything else that happens, it kind of takes the pressure off of the set of like having to do all this. It's like, no, hit this one punchline. Regardless if it works or not, the victory is that you did it. So right. I think you can make it your goal for sets to be, hey, Mike and stand, just talking. Nothing could work, but the set was still a victory because I kept the mic in the stand and stood there. Mm, right, yeah, right. great goal. No, I agree with that.
0: One of the things I wanted to ask you is, mm-hmm. um, so the joke I ended with the Harrison Ford joke, uh, so that all all my jokes are rooted in truth. Somebody at a Speedway gas station actually said I look like an older Harrison Ford, and that that's been a joke of mine since like. I don't know twenty seventeen because uh, that's mm-hmm. when it happened. So it's and I've done it several different ways, and um, I'm in love with the joke. I don't want to throw it away, but I feel like the punch just isn't good enough. And I don't know if you have an opinion on where I could take that to make it better, because um, that's that's one I, I I would really like to make that um, either. A, a good closer or or something that's uh, at the beginning
1: of the set uh, close to close to the start. Well, what is it about it that you're so enthusiastic about?
0: Um, well, I think, I think being a uh, guest at, as an older person than somebody who's like 22 years older than you, I think that's funny in itself. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that that's a, a good premise and I feel like I could, take it in different directions. Um, One of the things I have done with it, I've said, you know, I understand that um, young people think old people are just old and we're all the same age. Uh, Guess what? Old people think the same thing about young people. You mm-hmm. all look like uh, you have your learner's permit, you know stuff like that. So i've I've played around with that, and sometimes that's landed, and sometimes it hasn't. You know i'd I'd like to i'd like to keep it around. Uh, obviously, I'll kill it if I have to. Um, but if you've got any opinions on what could make that better, I'd um, to take them.
1: Yeah, I mean. Out of all the notes I took, I honestly didn't even take notes on that one because it didn't really resonate with me. Um, mm. I, I, yeah, I mean, it's not something that stuck out to me as like, ooh, I'd like to hear more about that. Now, okay. with you reframing the premise of it being like, uh, like old people getting recognized or older person recognizing you as a younger person, or they're saying you look old but they're older than you, yeah, is what the, is what the joke is. Um, all I could think. Is if you want to emphasize how old he was with his voice, like make him sound like an old man. Mm-hmm. You know, or like make it back in my day, you would have been an old Harrison Ford. Or like yeah. really yeah. emphasize how old this guy was. Yeah. And be more detailed in how old he was to exaggerate the age difference between you two. Mm-hmm. I okay. think could help. Um, but it really in my in my brain, it was almost it almost, like, I was actually, as you're talking about I was trying to even, like, remember it because it wasn't one that really stood out to me. Okay. I don't want to tell you to kill it because, mm-hmm. I mean, people have told me to kill jokes before that I figure out eventually. But it may right. also be one that you just shelf and you kind of come back to. Yeah. Because I can see, as you're thinking about it, you being, like, the old, young, hip dude where you do the youth stuff and then also the old stuff. mm mm-hmm. I feel like that could play in somehow but I just it, it wasn't um it wasn't as compelling to me. I felt like you had more to offer beyond just this one thing happened at this one time at that place. Right. Yeah, it's it's definitely not a closer. I think
0: it could be part of something better. It could be part of something that's better. And actually, um good segue. I I've, I've got a few things that I whiteboarded to work on. Um but before before we do that, um so with that set, I felt like, uh, you know, my my own opinion. I actually counted the laughs, and mm-hmm. I had twenty three little ones and fifteen pretty big ones. So, um, as far as laugh per minutes go, that was like one every twenty seconds. So, great, that's not bad, great um, rate. Yeah, that, that's, that's better than than I expected. The only problem is is the little ones. I felt like maybe they were just humoring me, in, in a few spots. So I, I have to take a few of those out. But
1: yeah, I would usually grade my set on like an A, B, C level, and like those courtesy laughs, as I'll call them. I like grade those as a C. Yeah. Um. But I mean, can I? Can we just run through and give you a few specifics yeah, on those jokes perfect. real quick yeah. um, before we do the whiteboard yeah. because there were things that stood out to me that I wanted to hear more about, uh, within your set that I think you could build on. And I I hope I didn't hurt your spirit with the Harrison Ford. You're like, you know what, let's just move on from this set. Uh, I'm going to quit comedy or I don't know what's happening. (laughs) Absolutely not. I mean, it's, it's near and dear to my heart,
0: but, um, I've also been in business for a long time. So I know when something doesn't work, you just kill it. So,
1: (laughs) yeah. And that's something, um, uh, Nate Bargatze was talking about yesterday. Sometimes it's like it's only funny to you, man. Yeah, you know, yep. and you gotta, you just gotta respect the data. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but if your sense of humor is telling you something's there, I mean, I'm all for comics listening to that sense of humor, that sixth sense, mm-hmm. and really just seeing where they can take it. So yep. if you still believe in it, man, keep punching away at it keep it alive maybe it's something you shelf and then comes back around in a year two years right but um yeah for now no I'm just kidding. definitely <laughs> not a closer yeah definitely not a closer <laughs> so just one well and we can if you have whiteboard stuff too we'll kind of um just spit these out there just so you can have as a reference okay. but uh i like the late bloomer thing you made a reference of being um late blooming in puberty and then you kept moving on i was like oh. i would that was something that struck me as interesting. Mm. What I look for when I do these sessions is like, okay, what did they say that was even just interesting? It may not be funny, but it's something I want to hear more about. Mm. So that being said, the, the late blooming and puberty, especially you being 6'5", now that I have that information, mm. I feel like there's something to that more. personal example that you could have that you may require some brainstorming if it's something you're interested in talking about, but is right. a passive line that I felt like, would be have a lot of room for more humor, late blooming and puberty. Um, The planet fitness thing. I think you're onto something here with um, the drug reference, the gateway gym and all that. Um, Mm -hmm. And at the end, when you yell, it's a drug reference. You know, I, I think you can double down on the drug references within it, even to the point to where like the guy that comes up to you when you act him out, act him out like a drug dealer. Uh, huh Like he comes up to you and he's like, Hey man, you liking those endorphins? You're like, yeah, they're pretty good. He's like, I know where to get, I know where to get pure endorphins or whatever. He's like, you heard a, You heard a CrossFit. Yeah. you know, And make it sound like a drug deal, which it seems like you have a lot of experience in. So you can draw from your personal experience on that. (laughs) And then, um, I like the stealing copper to get my CrossFit fix. I thought, none of them came to mind, but I think there's more room for like, what do drug, what else do drug addicts do? You know, were you stealing copper? Were you selling your car? Um, stealing from your wife or something to get your CrossFit fix. And maybe you hmm. could like scratch your neck when you do it or something like uh, an yeah. actual junkie. You yeah. Know? Yeah. You're a junkie for the jumping jacks or whatever they do at CrossFit. I don't uh, know. Yeah. But that, what I really like about that joke is that the premise is very clear, which is something so important in writing a joke is you want to make sure the premise is super clear and understandable and digestible to the audience. You don't want the audience to have to try to like connect the dots and try to mm. figure it out as you're talking about it. So you saying gateway drink, Jim kind of sets up that this is like a, it's like a gateway drug. And then you doing the drug dealer mm. interaction reinforces that it's a drug deal. And then you doing the stealing copper and other examples also doubles down on it being, like a a drug situation. Mm. So the more drug references you can make, the more just drug paraphernalia, whatever you can insert into that joke, the funnier it'll be. Even if like the exercises, there may be something there with even like the exercises you did at CrossFit were like something like working your neck, working your neck, and it's like <laughs> you snorting cocaine or something, yeah. you know, um, doing curls with joints, something <laughs> like that, you know, just... And it it may not even be a joke you're that enthusiastic about but the good thing especially early on is what um i found to be helpful for me as a new comic is we all want that super personal revealing material but starting out a lot of it is figuring out even just how to make things funny Mm. so a lot of my jokes starting out weren't the most personal or revealing but i was learning the mechanics of a joke i was learning how to just have an idea and then translate it into like a funny bit Right. And this stuck out to me is like the best example of like, oh, he has a clear premise here and he is working towards it. Mm. So that's why I wanted to really hammer that of just you're on to something there within just joke structure itself. Uh
0: Yeah. Now, I purposefully did that in a way um, and all the stuff that I should add to it. I agree with you. I purposefully didn't mention anything. As an actual drug, so I could say that's a drug metaphor at the end of it, mm-hmm. um, because I know they know, and they know I know. But I just think that that's—correct me if I'm wrong—I thought that was kind of a, a decent way to end that, um, because uh, it—it's so—it's so obtuse for me to say that. Uh, it, it's almost ridiculous. Um, so. Uh, but I don't know. I don't. I, I could even keep that out um, and and just expand on the, you know, the the CrossFit dude being a drug dealer and stuff like that. But that I I, I wrote that with a purpose to to say that at the end. That was actually, you know, oh. I went from the punchline back, and so I, I don't know. Um, I, I I don't know if that hits as well as it should, or if it would hit better
1: if the joke was had more more tags. To I mean, I think that you ending with a drug reference, it would be better for you if you had more drug references throughout it to really make it obvious. Yeah. And then maybe there's someone in the audience you can like refer to and be like, it's a drug reference, ma'am. All right. She's like, she has her arms folded like she's the police or something, you know, and do it that way as opposed to like, it's a drug reference. Yeah. And then you didn't have the microphone, you know. Um, Right. So I, I like, I like you enjoying that piece of it. And that's you having fun on stage, which is is important. Mm-hmm. But I think the more you reinforce the drug aspect throughout the joke, then when you hammer home, it's a drug reference. You can almost do it playfully like you like to do on stage, but maybe more specifically at not even at, it could be an imaginary person. The people behind the first row have no idea, yeah. you know, so right. you can fabricate like, uh, da, 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 you know, mm-hmm. uh, come on lady. No, no one really knows. So, <laughs> I think there's still room to do it for sure, but mm-hmm. just reinforcing it with more drug references will help that hit even harder. I yeah, think. Yeah, I agree. And, um, the haters thing was funny. Just a, just an organization thing. I think you can keep, I think you can put the hater stuff up with like the boo 37 years old and all that. I, I feel like that was all one bit mm-hmm. you can combine. Yeah. Instead of separating them. I think those can go together. Mm. Um, don't like other people's kids. The, the pauses there were good. Um, the play, the, the sex, the, the whiteboard old act out. I, I think you're onto a premise there of having to like, um, the foreplay is like preparing for the sex. Like the, uh-huh. the, the foreplay is like you getting a pillow for your sciatica or, uh-huh. um, I was trying to think of other examples, but I think it'll, they'll come more naturally to you. In terms of like, what are other medical things? It's like, um, keep it the, the nightstand close for my inhaler or uh-huh. some, use this pillow for your creaky knees. You know, just uh-huh. your old volleyball injury or something. You know, right. um, think more in terms of the act out with your like the back for sciatica. What are other examples like that? You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Right. Because um, I couldn't really think of any, but I feel like there's some that are personal to you and your wife that I think will hit harder. Oh, yeah, I've got a ton. Yeah, that's because yeah. that's another joke that had a very clear premise. And it's also personal to you mm. but I think it, it'd be a lot of fun to hear. And then safe for it to still stop it. I I think that's still a great uh, button. I think that's a great way to end the joke. Yeah. It's just putting more in between it. That joke, I think, will explode. Mm.
0: Yeah. I felt like, um, and I've been told this by a couple people, turning my back completely to the audience isn't the best idea for that one maybe just a little bit sideways would work better there
1: yeah and what you could also do is instead of just turning around Mm -hmm. you could actually go back to the wall Mm -hmm. and then just do it like like it is like a white oh yeah yeah so just take a few steps back and then Mm -hmm. just take them to the wall and be like that's your sciatica and you can actually almost like point and underline the things you're talking about Mm -hmm. that's perfect yeah that's great excellent and um the only other things—did um, you mention having a felony? Yeah. Okay. So that was,
0: that was in the in the uh, where my wife said I could smoke pot again.
1: Did you do you actually have a felony thing? Like no. do you? Oh, okay. Because it was kind of like you said, Never late, got caught. Oh, okay. <laughs> that's one of those where um, I heard you say like late blooming and puberty, and I was like, oh, that's interesting. I wonder what else about that. Same uh-huh. thing with the felony thing. I was like, Oh, that's interesting. I wonder what else about that. But if it's mm. not, if it's not true, then never mind. It's, it's kind of a, yeah, it's a dead end road. Yeah. Um, and the only other thing, like you use the pauses in human trafficking and that we don't like other people's kids. I think there's room for a pause when you're talking about old weed is mostly seeds, pause and mostly stems or mm. the pause may be mostly seeds and mostly stems. Mm. Um, there's a pause in there somewhere, I think, that'll make it. Mm. And um, the only line I thought of was like, the weed now cures headaches. The old weed gave you a headache. Oh, I like that. Yeah. But there there seemed, I was interested to hear, um, I was interested to hear you talk about that and your experience, like you being, you don't really hear people like you talking about being like a pothead or things like that. So I found that as interesting and unique you know, and a Mm. unique take on just weed in general. Um, So I enjoyed, like I was entertained by that. Like the Harrison Ford thing, my brain kind of drifted, but that I was like, oh, that's interesting. That's something I never really heard his take on the whole weed situation Mm. before, you know, but it's kind of what, whatever you are naturally interested in. But um, I, I thought, I thought there was more room just to build on the differences between the old and the new weed and your own personal experience of if you did actually try the new weed, Instead of just telling us it's the golden age, like like take us to the time when you tried it yeah. type deal, you know what I mean? Like take us there. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. I dig that. Yeah. No, oh, I dig that. He's doing the lingo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's um, yeah, that's all. This that's pretty much all I had. Yeah, for yeah, taking I, notes on your set.
0: Yeah, I feel like you know I I agree a hundred percent with everything. I think there's a few things that can um that can either go away or be rewritten. And, uh, I should expand on things like the, the gym thing. I've got a whole, I've got a whole other part written out about, uh, uh, planet fitness as a judgment free zone. Um, but, uh, it's a good thing. They can't read my mind cause I'm doing some judging and I talk about People who were on the recumbent bike for an hour and they burned 18 calories and uh, the people who come in and just take selfies at the at the different spots and at the different machines and stuff like that. So I've got more to add to that, um, but I didn't feel I didn't feel comfortable with that material because I hadn't done it enough yeah to really to really put that in there but yeah i thought
1: you were gonna say the judgment was coming in the mirror i thought yeah. the, I thought you're gonna say <laughs> they don't want a judgment free zone they should take away all the mirrors yeah <laughs> something like that you're judging yourself in the mirror yeah um, yeah. <laughs> yeah so it could be there could be something there but what's good about where it where you have is like it's a very clear premise in terms of the drug thing. Mm -hmm. So it's like, if you can add things that reinforce that premise, then great. But sometimes we put like two ideas on top of each other and then it prevents either of them from working. Mm -hmm. But it really may come down to like, it's a gateway gym and then you have all this stuff about that. But then you're like, and then they also say it's a judgment free zone and then you have stuff about that, but keep right. them separate, you know? Uh, right. Um, Cause if you try to combine them, then the premise gets lost and oh, yeah. the audience gets lost. So yeah, yeah they can't be two separate things, which I mean, it sounds like you're onto something there with all the other stuff you have. It's just doing the drug stuff and then also whatever else about however you want to organize it, but just right. keeping them separate. Right. Does that make sense? Yes. I dig it. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right on. <laughs> so I've got
0: um, I've got a few different uh, premises that I've either done as jokes before or I want to do that I uh, that I've kind of whiteboarded myself and mm-hmm. I'm kind of using the Joel Byers method to put this stuff together. So I thought I'd put those up and maybe we could uh, talk through those because there there are things I'd like to inject into this because. Obviously yeah. the goal is to take it from eight to 15 and um, I've probably got three or four here if they all work out. So let me put them out quick. For sure. The first one. Okay. You can see that, right? I can. Yeah. All right. So one of the, one of the things I've done before is uh, making fun of boomers on social media because I am <laughs> one. Um, <laughs> That's funny. And, and I've, I've got a couple jokes um, that, I've used this with and a couple tags that I've done uh, that have worked out okay but I don't think it's ever landed the way I want to. Okay. Um so what I've
1: used is a go. boomer using a computer. This is classic.
0: Yeah, no doubt. <laughs> so I uh, the minion uh, thing has done pretty good. Um, um the nothing's opened. I'm I'm sorry? Mean, I mean
1: I see I see the thumbnails but nothing is like expanded. I can't read any of it. Oh yeah! All I see is just thumbnails. Okay, try this. Is this all on Zoom? Yeah, you're doing this. Oh, yeah, cool. about now. Mm-mm. No, I just see the the just the three thumbnails. Boom! All right, we're in business. So the um
0: making fun of boomers on social media the the thing that i've hit that works pretty well is uh i mean we're obsessed with minions and um i don't know if you've noticed it or not but you know Mm -hmm. the 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 minion posts from people our age are just nuts and um so i've i've said you know i don't know what the deal is with minions we've got groups dedicated to it it seems like that everybody over the age of 50 are obsessed with them and i think maybe the reason is is because they look like the pills we need to stay alive so Mm, i've done that done it's done pretty good i like that yeah yeah um so liking and sharing our own posts the way i've set that up is um you may notice that we like and share our own post and that's because we think that everybody who is on Facebook is watching us live in real time. And if we post something and somebody doesn't like it within 20 seconds, we need to like it to put it back on top. And then we give it another 20 seconds and we share it. So Mm
2: -hmm. that's been,
0: okay. i us say no. Um, The other, uh, another one that's done pretty good is we believe everything we read. Uh, So you young folks need to be careful about sharing onion articles Uh, like the one where uh, North Korea blew up the Werther's original plant Ah. uh, because uh, there was a uh, uh, riot at Walgreens uh, to get the Werther's original. And uh, obviously I say it better. So that one's been pretty good.
1: Yeah, I think. Do you say it to where like that Onion article where North Korea blew up Werther's original? Like you say all that? Yeah. I think it'll be even better if you personalize it to... We like we believe everything we read. It's like scrolling, you're like you're on the toilet scrolling through Facebook, and you're like, "What? North Korea blew up the Werther's original plant." <laughs> like, oh, take yeah. it to the moment of reading it, as opposed to that time you shared that thing for yeah. that thing. It's more like, "No, this happening." Uh, bring it that, to now. It'll raise the perfect. stakes. Yeah, that's per- that's perfect.
0: Uh, and some things that I haven't fleshed out yet is a uh, husband and wife with a shared account. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I. I One of the things I thought about with that is uh, it's between between the two of them, they have enough uh, computer expertise to actually be able to handle a Facebook account.
1: Kind of like husband and wife share bank accounts. They share Facebook accounts. They share. Yeah.
0: yeah I, don't, I don't know what else. Yeah. So I, I'm just playing with that one. Of course. Of course. That's all we're doing. And uh, posting that life was better before the Internet
1: on the Internet. Mm, that's uh, funny. Yeah. Yeah. Just using examples of it, I think will, that's a funny premise. Now you just need like real time examples, like believing everything we read, you had the Werther's original thing mm-hmm. example. It's like just brainstorming examples of that, I think yeah. would be great. It's a great premise. Yeah. Um, text style
0: conversations on Facebook, like they, 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 um, write on Facebook to each other. Hey, did you remember to pick up the uh, bananas or whatever? So that, I, I don't know. That's something that just came to me um, when I was writing this stuff down. So may that's a maybe. Um, one of them I love that I see so much is posting serious stuff on uh, kids and grands, grandkids' ironic posts. You, you, you know how young people say, I'm dead. Um, right, or, right, or right. Just, or just kill me, and and the grandma and grandpa go. Hey, you're a nice kid. Do you do you need to call me? You're beautiful. We love you. You know that type of thing.
1: So, I I think I might be able to expand on that one. I love that, and I think you can combine it with um the liking and sharing own posts. It's like yeah. you say that, and then you like it. Mm. So like you yeah. make funny comments like that, and then you have to go back and like it because no one else did. Yeah. Yeah, so
0: the next one is sharing uh pictures of obsolete stuff. So we we're always uh sharing pictures of like a carburetor or uh a, a, mm-hmm. a, a floor dimmer switch for your for your lights and stuff like that. <laughs> I, I I don't know that. where to take that, but I think that that's something that I might be able to.
1: I think it combines with um the liking and sharing your own post. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like yeah you share a picture of the carburetor and then you like and share it
2: mm-hmm.
1: or, um, I, yeah, I feel like I almost feel like you could maybe find a way to combine the serious stuff on grandkids and the obsolete, mm-hmm. um, and the like and share on posts. I feel like there's a way to kind of combine all of those. Um, or really also like the believing everything we read, Mm-hmm. um, It's like your grandkids saying I'm dead. It's like you actually believe it. Yeah. Yeah. And then you're like, why didn't anyone tell me this is terrible (laughs) news or something like that. And then you (laughs) like and share your comment type deal. Mm -hmm. Um, And then maybe post a minion emoji or something. You know, yeah, yeah, I, I think it's all some of it's kind of in the same ecosystem.
0: Right. And if I feel like if I get that to flow right and get it down to, you know, Maybe three or four tags and uh, have a
1: good closing tag. I feel like that could be a pretty strong bit. Yeah, I mean, I really think the the sol- the solid ones you already have are the minions joke. Um, mm-hmm. the um, the North Korea thing. If you make it current, you know, if you make it you actually reading it. Yeah, like, North Korea bomb where there's you know whatever. And then they they um they nuke the Lipitor plant or something. You know, I don't <laughs> know what you old people do. Um, but yeah, you can always double down on the fake news stuff. Yeah. And then, um, the posting like the "I'm dead" thing, and then you posting, "Oh my god, if you need someone to talk to, or no one told me, oh my R.I.P. or something like that," you know, could be funny. So I think those are the three solid ones that like you have specific punchlines for, right? Um, and then the others may kind of organically introduce themselves as well.
0: Yeah, and then just, or they could be a part of it. Yeah, but
1: for having what is eight things here. Yep. Can't even count. I'm like a yep. boomer. But yeah, having three or f- really half of it, you found s- like something in half of it. That's that's a great um, percentage. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so that's great. Cool. Okay. <laughs> that's funny. And it's personal to you because you do have a unique opportunity with you being in comedy at your like current age and life experience. I mean, you have a lot of unique point of view to bring to comedy. Mm-hmm. Someone like me, you know, couldn't really like touch on. So that's great. I'm being a boomer. I'm trying to open up a new. And it's a big there's a big market for that, man. What being a boomer? Like there's a lot of boomers that would like to hear boomer material.
0: Yeah. It's there it is. Okay, along, go. Go, going along with the uh, with the boomers. Mm-hmm. So if I make that work, then I want to go into a bit where I become a boomer influencer. Uh, and uh, so the how I would do it, I would uh, I would take a picture at a um, at a uh, locally run restaurant and say, "Hey, um, this restaurant's really good. It's got great food. It's even better than Applebee's." and 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 do that and do that type of thing. So I was
1: almost thinking you're doing the influencer photos at Apple. That's like your brunch place. It's not some trendy, hip hipster place. Yeah. It's like an Applebee's or it's not, you're like, it's better than Applebee's. It's called Chili's. Mm. Something like that. (laughs) Cracker barrel. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I could, I could take that there. Yeah, Yeah. sure. Um, I'll go around this way self checkouts I mean we are we are just nuts about self checkouts. Mm-hmm. we hate them. um and and I felt like I feel like you know I could take a picture. hey, this is a self checkout it hasn't actually put people out of work. they're just working at other places in the grocery store so i I thought that was a decent tag for that. Forget that one <laughs> um eating a salad once a while instead of eating steak and hamburgers all, all day. You know, that's, that, that's one that I was thinking about there. But you could, you could
1: combine that with, um, the Applebee's also, maybe it's the salad that's so good there, your monthly salad.
0: Yeah. Um, using mobile banking, you know, just try it. You you might like it. So something like that. Hmm. Um, there's other news out there besides Fox News, uh, Let's see, uh, Google. I don't even remember why I put that there. Um, roundabouts, learn how to use a roundabout. This is how you use it. That's a good one. Um, texting, um, you don't have to text um, seven pages. You can just uh, text yes, no, thank you, that type of thing. Uh, weather, I don't remember why that's there. I don't remember why that's there. Mm. This is from a while back. The Led Zeppelin one. The, yeah, a lot of weed this,
1: between now and then.
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the Led Zeppelin one is my favorite because okay. um because what I want to do is um is explain that boomers think that like Led Zeppelin is the only band that there has ever been, and that's all they listen to and I'm like, hey, here's this new band that is really good. They just put an album out they sound just like Led Zeppelin. Give them a try. So something like that. Um, I, so I've done anti-Led Zeppelin jokes before and the crowd turns against me. Um, uh, I'm trying, I'm trying to fit that in and say, Hey, you know, people our age don't need to hang on the nostalgia so much. You can listen to something new once in a while. Well, what, when we are
1: thinking about the premise, um, the Applebee's ones were, and the, and the, I mean, that's what's great about writing as well, is like yeah. sometimes you'll write and find five things. Sometimes you write and find zero things or one half thought idea, you know. So, I mean, it's just the more you write, the more chances you're giving yourself to find the next new joke. But when I hear Boomer Influencer, I'm immediately thinking of, okay, what is an influencer? So what is an influencer doing? They're going to restaurants and taking pictures. They're at the beach doing duckless or things <laughs> like that. You know, they're doing a brand deal with some new protein shake yeah. so it's like what would a boomer influencer do and i think this the applebee's one worked immediately is because okay you're taking what a social media influencer does and just putting the boomer spin on it uh-huh. what is the boomer equivalent of the brunch selfie and it's going to applebee's or something mm-hmm. like that you Yeah. Know? so just think about other things influencers are doing and then give the boomer version of that mm-hmm. i think i think i think it's a great premise but it's just um honing in on now you know that the direction of it is okay what do influencers do okay then what's the boomer equivalent and mm-hmm. play toil toy around with that idea
0: and i feel like i could make it to where i'm not the boomer influencer but i found one uh the that's turning me on to all this new stuff and Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, the new stuff is, um, you know, Chili's instead of Applebee's, you know, Uh, and uh, uh, maybe watching some CNN instead of Fox and stuff like that. So that's I I, I, I think there's something
1: there, but I don't even I'm not even close yet. I not think you are close. I really do, Scott. I I really think you found the premise specifically today of just taking what a social media influencer does and then giving the boomer equivalent. Mm. But I would say filter it through yourself. I think it's funnier if you're the influencer. Nate Bargatze right. was saying that yesterday okay. to where he filters all his material through him. Even if he's talking about his wife, he filters it through himself first. So I think mm-hmm. it's funnier that you're like this this like pothead guy who's now doing stand up. You're like, "You know, I'm like cool. Like I'm like an influencer now, y'all." You know, like <laughs> I was just at the local new brunch spot Applebees. You know, and it's you could go from there. But I think uh-huh. you being the influencer makes it funnier.
0: Yeah. Okay, cool. So good. I got something there. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And what I love, can people see these images you're showing me? Yes. What my I love is that Scott actually drew on a whiteboard and then took a photo. <laughs> you could see his shadow in the whiteboard. <laughs> <laughs> like a like a true boomer. Hey, I wear I wear it well. <laughs> no, I love it. Okay, last one.
0: Screen boom, getting better. Is it there? It's there. Successful okay. kids. Okay, so one of the jokes that I've worked with and has done either okay or medium okay. Uh, so I talk about my kids. Uh, my daughter is a, a vice president of a multinational company, and that's my great. son is a rocket scientist for NASA. Um, and that's the, true. That's true stuff. Right. Um, oh,
1: that's rich. That's yeah. rich.
0: So I take that and I say, you know, um, my kids are way more successful to me. My daughter's the VP and my son's a rocket scientist. And then I go to, um, I'm not bragging. I'm just amazed, just like I am with my wife staying with me um
1: right 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 um
0: but i want i want to get some good tags on that and one of the things i've done is um i don't know what i did That's um because i don't remember any of that um and i'm like oh yeah i do remember i ate all the little debbie cakes um so and saved them <laughs> for um, so, I like that. you're laughing and that that has done pretty good
1: the sacrifices parents make you know yeah. Yeah. Sacrifices for their kids. Yeah. That's funny. And another
0: thing that I'm thinking about doing, and this would lengthen it, but it would um, it would really hit at home. One, one of the things that drives me crazy is when you see like these three-year-olds on the Today Show that know all the state capitals. Um, and... I'm I'm I want to turn that into like a, a form of like mild child abuse. So I'm going to say one thing I didn't do is make them learn the state capitals at age three, so we could get on the Today Show and then talk about how um, the kid on the Today Show knows all the capitals, and they go home and they're like, "Can can I have dinner now?" And the parent says, "What's the capital of North Dakota?" That's funny, <laughs> and kind of kind of take it. Take it from from that angle that you know um, the those kids don't need to uh, know the Capels and they should be playing. Yeah, that could like that.
1: It's just the people people in the audience need to know that reference. So it's yeah. like if no one knows, there's kids like I didn't know. I connected the dots, mm-hmm. but um, if people don't know, then you're kind of taking them away from the premise in a sense. I mean, the premise is that you have successful kids. Um, that's kind of a bit of a tangent. Um, but if if it's something that your sense of humor is telling you to give a go, then I'm not telling you not to do it. I was yeah. just trying to just brainstorming the premise. And if that would like strengthen or kind of distract from it, mm. just because then you have to know that parents. Right. So. If I go the I don't
0: know what I did and um, go into some things that I may have done that didn't really yeah didn't really set them up for anything what what do you think might be some decent tag ideas for that
1: and I like those two because it's like personal you know what I mean it's like when you're talking about the state capitals now mm-hmm. you're taking it to like I'm not those people over there that are did that TV thing that you may or not have seen. You're taking this to personal to saying like, I don't know what I did, or I ate all the little Debbie's that save them from diabetes. Mm. Um, but it is pretty mind boggling um that you were this pothead guy that created these two children. Um what is I mean, what's your wife input into this? Like what what does your wife do?
0: Um, well, she was the one that pretty much uh raised them so well. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> So, so, so I think, I think, uh, I mean, I, I definitely see, see my personality and I'm and I wasn't like a absentee father or anything like that. And I stopped smoking pot when I was 18. So I can't really, I can't, I can't
1: blame it on that. Yeah. What did you, what did you do? I'm just, what I'm trying to do here is like get context for the recipe that created these two superhumans. You know what I mean? Because that's what the audience is going to be thinking. Right, Right. So you're, if, you, if the audience is thinking it and you can provide an answer to mm-hmm. what they're thinking, then that's that's how you really create a connection with the audience. So if right. you're bringing up these things about your kids, their next thought is going to be, well, geez, what, uh, what, who are they? What did what did they do to create these children? You know, mm-hmm. so right. Um, that's just where my curiosity went. So I feel like that's where the audience is going to go. So okay. if you addressing it, I think there's room for humor just in you providing the answer. Mm-hmm. So but it I seems could, like you're a little hesitant about even
0: saying what. No, actually, actually, I kind of like that because okay. um, I, I'm just, uh, the wheels are turning it's boomer wheels. So they go slower. That's great. Uh, the, um, one thing I could mention is, you know, uh, they, they went to college. I didn't go to college, but. You know what? I was good at some stuff. I had the most detentions uh, of my whole class my senior
1: year. So, you know, I could I, I could go that route. Um, I like that you skipped college so you could afford to send them to college or it's something like you saved on paying for college so you could pay for their college. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. It's like I skipped college so we could have, so they could have my college fund or something. There could be something there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I feel like I've got something there. Um, but, other than the, I don't know what I did and ate all the little dubby cakes. I just need to work, work on that. And yeah, you have successful
1: kids. Um, son can math. Daughter need. Yeah. My daughter didn't after need, third grade.
0: Yeah. She didn't need anything successful from us grade. after the third grade, except for food and clothes. She was completely independent and uh, totally, totally on her own. So,
1: and, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. That's, I mean, the diabetes thing clearly got a great laugh. Um, I don't know what I did. It's a funny question because that also does answer the audience's question in terms of like, they're thinking, well, what did you do to create those? And you're like, I don't know. I don't Mm -hmm. know what I did. But Mm -hmm. you saying what's interesting is like when asked about your wife, you're saying she did like all the good raising and you laugh. So there's clearly something funny behind that that maybe Mm -hmm. you want to explore. And, um, maybe that is the secret to having a successful kid is like just having a successful wife. And if you don't yeah. have successful kids, ma'am, it's your fault. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Something like that. Maybe. <laughs> but the fact that you laughed when I asked that question mm-hmm. made me think there's something, there's something behind that. Yeah. It
0: it was mostly the fact that I work so much. I never saw him, So that, that, that was that I think I could maybe work that in somehow.
1: Yeah. There's. Cause I like, I don't know. I don't know what I did. Um, or yeah, yeah there's, I like, I like the, we're, we we do not really have a clear premise yet mm-hmm. in terms of beyond you have successful kids, but you don't know why. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, that could be the premise we're kind of dancing around the idea right now, but mm-hmm. it's very interesting and it's very unique to you. And it's something only you could talk about, which is something I'm always looking for when I'm doing set reviews or Skype sessions like this is really like, what are they talking about that only they can talk about? So Mm. like, what is Scott saying that's uniquely Scott that only Scott could do that. If someone stole the material, it wouldn't work as well because it's not coming from Scott. Right. So I feel like this is an example of that and it's just um, time to kind of like dive deeper into it, you know? Mm. Right. Yeah. I've,
0: I I think there's something there. I just don't know I agree. way I want to take that, but that's.
1: But the little Debbie's it, line is definitely like um, it's a quick hitter. but yeah. I think you can go deeper with the with the topic. You know,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, that might be something. You know, I you know I'm not bragging. I I I don't know what I did. I know I ate all the little Debbie cakes, and then go into the real tags from that because um, that might get a little chuckle. So.
1: Oh yeah. yeah. It's almost like, yeah, I'm not bragging. I'm confessing or I'm confiding yeah. or I'm, yeah, I like that. I'm not bragging. I'm blanking. I'm doing something. Yeah. Um, no yet though. That is intriguing though. I do. Um, I would like to see how that one grows because really out of all the topics, it's like the most personal things I know about you are you like, you've been married 37 years and, um, and then really this, Mm. You know, I mean, the gym thing is funny. It has a clear premise, and there's a game within it that you can build on, which I think is great for all young comics. Is to really just, when you find a funny premise like that, to really challenge yourself to see that joke all the way through mm. and really look to complete that joke. Then you have a clear framework to build the funny within. And then you start to learn how to make seemingly less obvious funny things funny, like family and things like that. You start to mold your real life into material. But it all starts with really taking kind of silly ideas like uh, Planet Fitness is like a, like a gateway drug. Then mm-hmm. making those things funny and learning that process will help you to then overlay the template onto more personal things like this. mm mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. That makes that makes a lot of sense. Great. Yeah, that's rich, though. I, yeah, I'm am a fan of that. Got some good sure. stuff there, though. Hey.
0: Yes, I took I took good notes there. So that you know, I feel like if I can work those three premises out, then I can. It's either it's either stuff I can throw in the middle, or even make a closer out of one one or two of them, um, and then hopefully. If I refine the rest of the set, then I can get closer to fifteen. I think that might take me to yeah, uh, maybe twelve, twelve or
1: thirteen. I have um, we got a comment from Jimmy Brogan. Would you like to hear it? Yeah, I, it's pretty I funny. Haven't,
0: I haven't been watching.
1: Oh no, th- this is in um, I shared it in the Hot Breath. Okay, um, in the Hot Breath Comedy Network group. Uh huh. And also, real quick, Andrew Van asked, "How do you simultaneously Zoom and Facebook Live?"
0: Um, so you have to connect your Facebook account within, within Zoom, and that's logging in on the Zoom portal, um, not, not in the Zoom software. And once you connect it, um, right down at the bottom, there's a little thing that says more, and it just says go to Facebook Live. And then after that takes you through a couple steps, and you click a couple buttons you your live. Nice. Yeah. You can and, also uh, go to YouTube live from uh, Zoom too, so you can do both.
1: Simultaneously? Um, I've heard that you can, but I haven't figured out how yet. Gotcha. And, um, and then Jimmy, it's actually kind of funny because he, um, he likes the Harrison Ford bit. But he said, good, solid advice. I would have two further recommendations. Number one, provide context for why he is using hip lingo. Set up why he is doing it. Trying to appear cool, trying to appear younger. Mm-hmm. um so that's one and then number two i think the harrison ford bit is the best thing in the set <laughs> <laughs> oh, see that's two different two different perspectives oh dude 100 comedy is so subjective and yeah. what jives with one person doesn't with the other it's mm-hmm. like as personal as a food preference so yeah, yeah i that's why i wanted to read this is for anyone watching or listening to this on your podcast is like none of none of these are laws I'm saying is right. yeah. not the end all be all this is how it's done mm-hmm. we're merely just exercising the creativity of comedy brainstorming and trying to find that magic and each mm-hmm. person has a different flavor they add to it so that's why I wanted to squeeze in Jimmy's so he said um I think the Harrison Ford bit is the best thing in the set just get it out earlier when he discovers Ford's real age so now you can book in the set with you thinking you appear young and cool and by the end you are completely busted oh ah, that's interesting so he almost like that, sets up like a, a story arc there that's yeah, interesting yeah. yeah so that's also um this that is all written in
0: yeah that could completely change the punch on that so yeah i hmm? I, I i totally I, I dig what he said yeah
1: yeah i do too um this is in the Hot Breath Comedy Network group, so you can um like go and like copy and paste it for your reference. Okay, if you'd cool. Like as well. Um, sure. yeah. Thanks for thanks for sharing. That's great. Thanks, Jimmy. Yeah. Very nice.
0: So, and, and like what you said, you know, Jimmy's got a different perspective, and you guys, yeah. Are, the the thing that I find is. It's hard to ask um, other comics close to me um, how I'm doing um, and have them judge me. I don't know if that's the way the way you feel too, because they've seen the stuff so many times and they've seen it do well and see it bomb. That it's almost like it's almost like uh, background music, um, mm. and and so it's hard to get a good opinion. And that's why you know I wanted to get you on and i've gotten opinions from a couple other people that i don't know as well um and that's great the funny thing is is i've gotten three totally different perspectives so that's hilarious yeah and i know in the end you you got to be you you got you got to do what works for you but mm-hmm. the main thing is what works for the audience because you're doing it for them so you know of the, course yeah, yeah that's the. Uh, Th- that's what I want to make sure I do that, you know, if
1: somebody comes to see me, that they get a good show. Of course. And it is getting opinions from like people you trust. And that, mm-hmm. like you said, you don't, sometimes you struggle to find a, your comedy friends at open mics. You can trust their feedback, but it's like if you see someone and you like what they're doing, they may be, and you, you want to be like, how are they doing act outs like that? Or how do they do crowd wear like that? You can learn their specific strengths from them. Right. Yeah, but everyone, you know, I've interviewed over 200 comedians and there are some commonalities in their tips, but a lot of it is like what works for me may not work for you. Yeah. And that's the whole a lot of them will preface their feedback and their tips with like this is just what's worked for me. There's no real right way, there's only your way, so you can apply all the advice you want, but it's just like does it work for you? Right. right. But that's why I love like talking with like learning from credible comedians like I do on my podcast and I know Jimmy Jimmy's been in the game forever. Jimmy Brogan, the guy who left the comment, I was mm. kind of flattered he even was willing to leave a comment. Oh my. Like, <laughs> he has posts with like Jay Leno and like yeah. Seinfeld and stuff. So it's yeah. like, but that's what I have learned in comedy is like most of us enjoy helping each other, you yeah. know, and we enjoy sharing what we've learned and mm-hmm. really do have a positive like outlook in this game, which I think is more important than ever. So I'm glad that you started your podcast and reached out to me to kind of bridge that, gap and really kind of try to learn from each other so i yeah. had a blast doing this
0: yeah this was this was great and obviously i appreciate your time you're you're rocking and rolling in this quarantine uh, <laughs> all your q and a's and stuff and trying to stay busy man yeah and if uh anybody posted anything on the facebook live i was paying attention to joel so um i'll i'll, I'll look at it look at it afterwards uh i just uh have to my attention span isn't that great. I'm a little ADD. So I have to make sure that, uh, I I'm paying strict attention. So I'll look at everything after, but I, you know, I, I totally appreciate the time you took and, um, Folks, if you if you want to check out, if you want to be a good comic and you want to check out something that's going to really help you, the Hot Breath Podcast and the Hot Breath Comedy Network, where Mm -hmm. Joel's doing the Q and As, is absolutely essential.
1: I really appreciate that, Scott. And you, it was an honor to get to do this, but also like when you interviewed me on your podcast as well. I mean, we share a lot of the same just motivations in this game of just wanting to gather as much information as possible to help as many comedians as possible. So pretty much, I mean, in my, in that comedy network group, I mean, every morning at 10 AM, I'm doing a writing club Mm -hmm. where people meet up and we write for 10 minutes. There's a random word generated and then people just write for 10 minutes just to kind of keep that writing muscle sharp during this time. Mm -hmm. And then pretty much every Tuesday and Thursday, I'm doing at least one Q and a with, professional comedians For, you know like you said we've uh, mark norman just did uh nate bargatze mike vecchione um jeremiah watkins we have a lot more sean Patton was another one but we have that Q and A has gotten such a big response that we're going to really start doubling down on the guests we get and we've yeah. got a lot of uh we've got a lot of good leads scott yeah we've got a lot of good leads going on on these q and a's so uh-huh. um I think anyone interested in just learning more about comedy, and connecting with other like-minded comics, that um, Hot Breath Comedy Network, I'd say definitely, definitely give it a gander.
0: Yes. It's, it's the coolest. I'm, I've been, I've been on, well, I, I, I work, so I I haven't been on all your writing exercises, but I've been on uh, several of them it's, it's, it's really good because it's hard to write during this time because you, for sure, you you don't know what's coming out of it. So yeah, it's,
1: it's uh, all, it's all a muscle, you know, writing's a muscle and even just 10 minutes will prevent it from like getting that atrophy. You don't want to lose your writing muscles during this time. Yeah. No doubt. But, um, I also have a, uh, a comedy special. If you guys want to check out my comedy, yes. it's called The Trophy Husband, and it's available on my website, joelbyerscomedy.com. And when I uh, when I post this, I'll post a link to it. I
0: I did purchase that and have watched it with my wife, and both liked it.
1: Oh, thank yeah. you, Scott. You've been so supportive. I appreciate <laughs> it, man. Your biggest Go- fan, man. Golly, G Willikers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> You're cool, AF, man. <laughs> 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 All That's right, dope. well, um folks. Thank you for listening. Everybody that tuned in live. I appreciate it. Um, This will go up as a podcast. I think I'm going to make it a supplemental because it's different. Um, So I might put that up on its own. And it will also be on my YouTube channel. So check out Behind the Bits on YouTube. And you can watch this whole thing again. Great. Thanks, Thanks, Scott. Thank you.